Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. thou thou art more wondrous than a blazing sun oh that, the bard yeah I, sure. I tried is that true yeah, is, that a, is that a real line i don't think then a blazing sun is the oh. line but it could be i, I tried really i could have gotten that, away with it was that In, uh, a sonnet or is that romeo and juliet it's a sonnet thou art mm. more lovely than a summer's rose or something no sure man Look how off track we've gotten within 20 seconds. This is our, this is, oh, this is not our Shakespeare podcast? Oh, this no. is our, oh. this is our oh. Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Oh, welcome in everyone to the program. This is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Uh, and today we're discussing Picard, season two, episodes five and six. <laughs> episodes five and six. And six entitled Flight to the Moon. Yeah. No shortchanging here. We don't shortchange you. If anything, we give you more than you you bargained for. (laughs) You bargained and you're still getting more. Uh yeah, they're entitled Fly Me to the Moon and Two of One. Uh respectively. Uh and today's star date is star date two two five four one five point one. Uh, and uh, I, listen, I, before we before we jump into the rundown where I start to sweat, I want to throw it to you, Stevie, to talk about you know, talk about the Patreon. The thing that I talk about the Patreon. Yes, well, we have a Patreon. If well, we don't tell you enough, but we do, and we would love for you to be part of our community where we can be Star Trek nerds together. Star Trek nerds unite uh, patreon.com forward slash set phasers you can join us for early access video episodes uh what else oh zoom hangs um and uh cooking shows with aki it's always fun oh we might even do a book club soon because i just started reading brent spiner's fan fiction novel what's so. this book club business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah all sorts Join us for the fun at patreon.com forward slash set phasers and become become friends with us because, you know, we need more we need friends. friends. Yeah. We need friends. And more Star Trek friends. That's genuinely something that I value in my life is people that get Star Trek. Yes. And if and if you're a patron right now, you'd be watching the video. You'd see my sweet, sweet Skippy shirt. Skippy, mm-hmm. Skippy. Which is a long Skippy. I am. But I'm not walking anywhere. I'm running down oh sweet transition let's run it down it's time to run it down can you run it down for me what just happened can you run it down for me oh hello listener 
Meet Rene Picard. Hold on. Meet Rene Picard. Piloting the Shango rocket. Talking to Mission Control. However, all is not well, for there's some sort of crumbling Russian satellite that's headed towards the, the Shango rocket, and uh, Rene Picard is trying to fix it, but it's not working out. Uh, and eventually, Mission Control says, It's too late. You can't do anything about it. Brace for impact. There's an impact. And then we find out that it's a simulation. Mission Control says, Boom, you're dead. And uh, Renee is extremely frustrated, very mad. Feels like everything is stuck. And Mission Control is like, hey, it's just jitters. I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, now, back to Picard in the apartment of the Watcher. Remember, we met the Watcher who we thought was Laris uh, in the last uh, episode. But it turns out this Watcher, yes, looks exactly like Laris. Doesn't have an accent, notably. Uh, and uh, but does Irish not... Uh, she well i could well okay she might have an you're right it's true i but i think i was like <laughs> making sure she wasn't irish no she had a well she was an irish person doing an american accent badly almost as badly as you doing an irish accent yeah but i'm, yeah. I'm fine with that i'm fine with uh, american accents are so weird and strange that there's no way to tell if someone's faking really because that's true we speak so weirdly uh across the country in any case it's not Laris, it's Talon, Talon the Watcher. And Picard's like, hey, listen, you're the Watcher. I'm from the future. And she's like, I don't like time travel. And she's like, no, listen, but I'm Jean-Luc Picard. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, listen, I'm a Watcher. Our job is to protect one individual. We don't know why we're protecting them. We just know that we have to protect them. She describes it as, quote, a single thread in a grand tapestry to which I am not privy. Uh, Picard explains that he's just come from a bad future and that the bad future is a future that was not supposed to happen and something is going to happen now that causes the, the, the future to fragment and go into this bad place. And that's when uh, he says that he's John Luke Picard and that's when Talon reveals that who is she watching? None other than Rene Picard, who we saw in our cold open. Meanwhile, on board La Serena, the Borg Queen is awake. She's muttering to herself about being alone because she doesn't have any voices. But she's able to tap into the local cell tower frequencies and she gets some relief. It's sort of like, like she sinks herself into a hot bath. She's like, ah, oh, all these voices. It's kind of like being in the Borg, I guess. Uh, she then gets a bright idea. No one's watching her. And uh, using uh, mimicry of the voices of the crew is uh, eventually falling on Rios's voice, is able to gain access enough to uh, intercept the cell towers and makes a call to the local police station saying that there's a woman under attack in the vineyard. Mm, and the police say they'll be right on their way. Meanwhile, Seven and Rafi have to spring Rios' crystal ball. Uh, Seven has to talk Rafi down from like basically just tra hard transporting him out and like breaking all the time travel rules. Rafi's super upset that Seven is acting so rationally, so safely, but Seven understands that Rafi is upset about Elnor and perhaps also her son Gabe, but she's able to talk Rafi down. She gets Rafi to give her the tricorder and says, I know that you're angry. You need a target. And Rafi's like, yeah, I need a target. And, and then, and then Seven uses the tricorder to create, I think an electromagnetic pulse which disables the bus and says, yeah, well, uh, something that's not moving is a much more vulnerable target. The bus breaks down. Rios on the bus realizes what's going on. He's like, uh, yeah, that's my people. He starts telling everyone in Spanish who's being detained by ICE. He's like, hey, get ready. Something's about to happen. 
the guy he was with before is like, hey, don't do anything stupid. And he's like, my friends have already taken care of that. Meanwhile, the ice officer that was tormenting them earlier is pretty jumpy. He doesn't want them talking. He opens the gate to confront Rios. Uh, Rios attacks him and uh, pushes him forward. And the uh, the other guy that uh, he was talking to, the other prisoner, manages to knock that guard out. The driver pulls his weapon, but Rafi opens the door and stuns him. Then seven, Rafi and Rios get everyone off the bus because they realize people start wondering what's going on with this bus. Why has it disappeared off the grid? Uh, and so they're getting everyone to escape. Rafi has a moment where she thinks she sees Elnor and she runs after one of the prisoners and they turn around. It's not Elnor. So she's going through that kind of grief process. Rio says goodbye to the other prisoner whose name is Pedro. Thanks him for helping knock out the guard with the sweet Star Trek uh, two handed punch, which uh, means basically I think he immediately gets four pips. And uh, he then goes away with Rafi and Seven. The only captains can do the two handed punch. Um, Picard is asking Talon about her job. He learns all about Renee. Renee is super smart. She's 24 years old. She grew up in the south of France as a Picard. She was sailing on her own by the age of 10, moved on to chess, fluid dynamics, and Cantonese. She was in university at the age of 16, then became a test pilot for a few years, and then NASA couldn't wait to get their hands on her. However, she also struggles from melancholy, anxiety, and depression. So these are things that she struggles with. She is to be on the Europa mission, which will launch in three days. It's the first manned mission to the Jovian moon, I assume, of the same name. Uh, uh, and Picard only knows that it is a pioneering flight. Uh, uh, to illustrate uh, what Renee is going through and how, you know, her certainty of her being on that flight may be in question, uh, Talon taps into her meeting with her therapist, which Picard is horrified by, but... Uh, Talon completely shrugs off because that's what her job is to do as a watcher. The therapist, who is like a kindly old man with a German accent, uh, encourages her to go easy on herself. Maybe the fear that she's experiencing, the nerves, mean that she's simply not ready for the Europa mission. There's nothing wrong with that. Renee admits to those feelings. He's like, these panicky moments where she goes numb and feels like nothing matters. And the therapist says, hey, fear need not be an enemy, which, of course, sets Picard completely on edge. And he says, I need to get an angle on that therapist. Well, guess who the kindly old German therapist is? It's none other than Q with a weird hair. Yeah. It's Q. How could things possibly get worse? Uh, meet Adam Soong. He's talking to some board about his understanding of the human genome. He's going off about, uh, imagine I'm a god looking down at humanity at a crossroads. I want to unlock human perfection, blah, 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 blah. The chairman of the board is like, uh, wait a second, dig this, honey bun. Uh, you uh, have been working for a private military organization called Spearhead. And that puts Soong on the defensive. Uh, he says, well, Spearhead was ex-military. It's not real soldiers. And I was doing it for the greater good. And my daughter suffers from a genetic defect that is making her unable to inhale dust or be exposed to sunlight. Her sunlight is poison. And the chair says, listen, that's too bad. It doesn't matter, though, because you've broken the Shenzhen Convention, and we have no option but to revoke your license and your funding. And, nota bene, Leah Thompson. Uh, yes. Leah Thompson. Oh, is the oh, chair person? Yeah. Yes, yes. yes, yes, directed yes, the yes, pre yes. Was it the previous yeah. or like one pre whatever? Yeah. Directed yeah, an yeah, episode yeah. about time travel. Ha, oh, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Also, also Samsung is no longer to do any more uh, experiments, experiments on genetics. No more research. Soon returns home angry, goes through some sort of decontamination process or whatever. Uh, we meet his daughter. Corey. Who looks a lot like Soji. When I say mm. I mean exactly I mean, like exactly. it's basically it's, it's basically, the same actor. It's the same actor, so whatever. Whatever, yes. Um, he explains that he failed in his meeting, things didn't go well. She's like, oh, that's too bad. You didn't give that weird speech on God, looking at the crossroads. And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter because we're so stupid. And one day, when you're able to go out there, you're going to see just how stupid people are. And she's like, oh, what day is one day? One day. He takes a little blood from her. She goes back to her hyperbaric living chamber or whatever. And, and uh, he, uh, does he does some research on the blood, and it looks like he's not close at all. It's like 98% chance that she would be killed by ultraviolet lights or dust or whatever. As he is full of sadness, the echo just came back. Super strong. I haven't done a damn thing. So weird. So weird. I'll go on mute. And it's gone. So strange. Uh, didn't sound like what? Doesn't matter. Okay. As he is falling into a pit of despair that he can't save his daughter, boo hoo hoo, he gets a message on his screen I can help. And then a bunch of research flashes across the screen. He's told to check his 3D printer, turns around, looks at it. It's a card for Q and a number. Meanwhile, at the chateau, the French officer shows up. Gerardi is asleep, so she doesn't know that he's there and he doesn't know that she's there but as he's looking around with his flashlight he sees the poorly cloaked ship in the yard he goes out to it he gets on board he's freaking out he's like this is not even possible the queen is able to lure him up close by using a young woman's voice in distress saying they'll come back soon and then as he gets there she goes oh i can use you and a tentacle comes out and lashes at him meanwhile soon meets q at the diner Q is very evasive in his explanation of who he is. He's like, I am the shadow of the darkness of the window on the wall, the light that reflects off the glinting of the diamonds in the patch of grave dirt. I am the world's worst uh, chicken wrangler. He just says a lot of QE stuff. And then he's like, but I know who you are, Sung, and I'm a real respecter of your art. And... I want to help you do things. And Q's like, listen, I don't like crackpots. And everyone contacts me for all kinds of crackpot things. And and uh, Q's like, you're going to sit down in 17 seconds because you're a father and you're trying to save your daughter. And I know how you can do it. And so Soong sits down. And he's like, what's up? And he's like, listen, uh, I'm just here to tell you I, I, I want to support what you can do. You don't have enough time to say or money to save your daughter, but I can help you. And uh, Soong's like, what do you want? And he goes, what do I want? Ha, 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 ha. I want to give you this weird blue vial of medicine. You go take a look at that test and see what it does. And then when you've used it, you tell me what you, uh, then we'll talk about what I want rather is what he says. Uh, meanwhile, Talon and Picard are still talking in the apartment. They're drinking tea now. All right. And Talon's like, why didn't Q just snap his fingers as if he's as powerful as you say, and just make the Europa mission not work. And Picard says he doesn't know, but he is trying to convince Talon that they need to help, uh, keep Q from talking Renee out of the mission. There's something there, something in that. It's three days to the mission. It's three days to the 15th of April. That's what they figured out with Gerardi, what she took from the Queen's mind. This is all coming together. Uh, and 
Talon reveals that there is a big gala tonight, and then the the astronauts will go into uh, their uh, quarantine before they get on the flight. So this is sort of the last opportunity for anyone to sort of. Uh, it'll be really hard to get off the flight once you're in quarantine. Like it's you're kind of just like rolling downhill there. So uh, tonight's the last night to sort of interfere and try to get Renee off of the mission. And uh, Picard is like, well, then we go to the gala. We keep an eye on Renee. We protect her. We run interference. And we make sure she doesn't get talked out of going on the mission. Meanwhile, at the chateau, the queen gently using the speakers on the outside of the ship wakes Gerardi up and says, I, I don't want to start without you. Gerardi immediately knows something is very, very wrong. She gets up off the couch she was sleeping on, sees a shotgun or musket or something on the shelf. I don't know, from guns. She grabs it. She goes onto the ship. She sees the queen has the officer held up by his neck and the tentacles. And uh, the queen tries to seduce Gerardi. She's like, you could help this guy if you just help me. You'd never be alone. I've seen it. You, you're you alone in every timeline. You're so sad. But you, you're, you mean nothing to anyone but not to me. To me, you're everything. Just typical manipulator bullshit. And uh, says they could go and be together. And the doctor would be completely loved and heard and shared. And uh, Doc raises the gun, and the queen's like, Psh, you won't do it. You need me. And then we have a close-up on Gerardi as she pulls the trigger. But what happened there, we won't know for a while. Soon, meanwhile, analyzes his cues vile. The computer shows that it's 100% effective. He gives it to Corey. It works. He's able to take away the drone things. She can get sunlight. She jumps in the pool. She's swimming around. She's so happy. She's not really good at swimming. She's like, was my mother a good swimmer? And uh, Soong says, oh, uh, she swam uh, like a duck. Which, you know what? When I first listen to the episode i was like oh yeah okay well that's cute but then i realized what he probably meant was that he used like duck gna gna duck dna to in corey or whatever i don't know that's what i thought as i was watching it the second time of course uh he tells corey she's got to be patient she's like a couple decades behind everyone else as they're talking about that and Corey gets out of the pool the medicine abruptly stops working the sunlight turns to poison toins to poison the sunlight turns to poison, and uh, she falls to the ground with her veins going all uh, dark and she's coughing and she can't breathe. And so he uh, frantically he gets the, the shield back in place, and he's looking at her. And uh, we assume that she saves her, but we can see the panic on Adam Sung's face. Meanwhile, Rio, Seven, and Rafi get back to La Serena. They see Gerardi covered in blood. She's like, don't worry, not my blood. But she's in a state of shock. The queen has been shot dead. She's like, ooh, I may have ruined our one way to get back home. And the officer is unconscious on the sickbay table. Gerardi says she was able to fix most of his organs, but his spleen is in a box nearby. She erased his memory of the event, but they need to get him back to his car before he wakes up. And as they're trying to drag the body out of the ship and back to the car of this police officer, that's when Picard shows up with Talon. And, see, and Talon's like, this is your crew dragging this dead police officer. And Picard's like, uh, he's probably not dead. Uh, then the, uh, in, Q's lab, in Sung's lab, we see Q. And Sung is like, okay, the medicine worked, and if you have more of it and a way to make it permanent, then I am completely under your control. What do you need from me? And Q's asked Sung, Sung, Q asked Sung if he's ever, if the name Picard means anything to him. <laughs> Giggles to himself. Back on La Serena, the crew meets Talon, uh, who shows them the Q therapist, uh, 
Picard explains uh, that not much is known of Rene Picard because the century leading up to First Contact is sort of a chaotic, the histories are not quite complete. What they do know is that the Rene is supposed to discover a sentient or an organism she thinks is sentient on, on Io, which is, a, I think, it's another moon of Jupiter. So I guess they're going to multiple moons. And she convinces her commander to bring it back to Earth. And we don't know what significance that has, but it probably has some sort of significance. Uh, and he explains his plan. They're going to crash the gala and they're going to run interference. Talon explains there is one little glitch that maybe means we're going to have to do a sweet, sweet heist episode. Basically, there's a security thing. You need to have like this radio badge that's like an ID and tells your whole life story in order to even get into the thing. But security is air gapped, so it can't be hacked from the outside. So they need someone to go in and uh, then get to the main computer and then upload the fake things also you know what i'm saying gerardi volunteers to do it she to go in and hack it rios is a little worried because they have you know uh fenris ranger and uh like super spy uh but but picard's like i think gerardi can do this she's the one she's got everything we need plus i have a cunning plan um yeah that's right uh gerardi goes in as holly visser in a stunning red dress uh, she gets in, she claps eyes on Rene Picard. She's talking to herself at a table. She reports to the crew that she's inside. She gets picked up immediately by security who, uh, escort her away and handcuff her to a chair in the security room. But it was all part of the plan. She's able to report that she's inside, inside. Picard says, okay, we're waiting for your signal. Gerardi thinks, uh, on her confrontation with the dying queen. She has a little bit of a flashback. She's got this sort of feeling bad and the queen is saying, oh, I can't believe you did this. You need me. We need each other. We could be so much more together. Plus, you need me to get home. And Gerardi's like, no, I don't need you. And we're nothing together. We're, there's no us. But Gerardi gets very close. And the queen reaches out and puts a hand on her face. And the weird assimilation threads come out of her fingers and go into Gerardi's face. And she's totally inside Gerardi's brain. Good. Dang it. Is Gerardi going to have another alien-influenced uh, psychotic whatever the what? And she, you know, whatever. Okay. In the security room, the queen appears next to Gerardi and says, oh, captured on purpose. Clever little plan. And that is the end of episode five. Ah, fly me to the moon. <laughs> uh, crazy pants. But we're not done yet because we're going right into episode six. Right? <sighs> we begin. Uh, I thought I had hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> because Picard is bleeding on the ground. It's the first thing you see. Covered in blood. And the crew is freaking out over him. And Picard is flashing back to his mother in the darkness. And I was like, oh, I definitely missed a whole episode. But no, I had not. Because then we get the boom, 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 fly me to the moon. 34 minutes later, Picard dressed in a tuxedo, ready for the Europa Gala event. He's trying to play it cool with Talon about Laris, but she knows he's lying. and That doesn't matter. Picard calls on Gerardi again saying, hey, uh, we're in position on the line and we're about to get. I don't know why I'm dancing while I do this, but, you know. It's the vibe. We're in line and we're about to be scanned in. The doc is still in security with the with the queen in her head. She's able to knock out the guards with a little gas from some sort of thing on her leg, like a little capsule or something. However, she knocked them out and she is still locked into the chair. And the chair is actually three different chairs. It's like one of those chairs that's three metal chairs all together. Uh, and so she's unable to break her chains. And uh, the queen's like, um, hmm, you should have probably knocked them out after you'd gotten the keys because the keys are in the guard's pocket. Rios, meanwhile, is about to check in. He gets scanned. It does not go through. Things are about to fall incredibly apart. Uh, 
uh, Picard's like, hey, anytime now, anytime now, we're in position. The queen, seeing Gerardi still struggling, says, hey, you know, I could help if you just let me. Gerardi struggles, but then relents. And when told to pull, she pulls her hands together, breaks the chains, no problem. Gets the module on the computer just in time for Rios' second check-in attempt. And the rest of them all get in. The queen at the end says, well, that was pretty fun. Now, shall we enjoy the rest of our evening? And she puts out her hand. And this is the moment. This is the crux. This is the, the time when Gerardi has said, but no, she hesitates, but then puts her hand in the Queen's and they go into the party. Flashback to Picard on a hospital bed. Uh, just dreaming of his mother and stuff. And I don't know, it's crazy images like her getting dragged through a door. It's like a horror thing. If we're going horror, somebody better let me know because I don't handle it well. Meanwhile, 26 minutes earlier, Team is in the party. Rio, Seven, and Rafi at the bar doing what they do. Picard is with Talon at a table. They're watching Renee. She's drinking and looking at video, and then she gets called over by the mission commander, whose name is, I wrote must, but I know I meant Musa. For photos, she knocks back a drink, and she goes up there, and she's kind of smiling. Picard's like, well, okay, well, things are not going terrible, right? This is, this is like, so far so good. But Talon is less sure. She says uh, Renee has a thing when she's about to, like, have one of her, like, downturn uh, you know, sort of spirals, she rubs her ear, and uh, they haven't seen her do that, but Picard learns that Talon has never actually interacted with Renee in the 24 years that she's been watching her, and Talon says that is the code that watchers live by. Picard wonders then, who watches the watcher? <laughs> I'm a real watcher. Gerardi is alone at a table, but the queen is in her mind, uh, saying like, oh, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that, and we're gonna, and Gerardi's like, there is no way I just did this to because it was the only thing I could do, and I needed you to get us home, and I'm just trying to figure out how to deal with you until I can get you out of my brain. Uh, but the queen's like, okay, whatever, but I just think we can have a good time tonight, whatever, you know, you're you know, you're know, looking good, you're stunning here at this party, it's beautiful, you've done what you need to do. Gerardi's like, no, I'm on a mission. And the queen says, well, these stress hormones are not good for us. Maybe uh, <laughs> uh, we should do something, but hey, you're in control, Gerardi, you're in control. Rafi, meanwhile, is at the bar. She gets a club soda because, as we know, Rafi is a recovering addict of sorts. Rios comes over, and Rios is super gleeful. He's like, look, I found a cigar, and they use matches in this century in a little box. It's crazy, a little house for their matches. And Rafi's concerned about Rios' uh, euphoria. And Rios says, well, the 21st century is super intense. It's very loud and smoky and smelly, but it's, it's you know, the intensity is kind of interesting. And Rafi notes that Rios has been smiling very goofily since being locked up with that doctor in the ICE detention center, Teresa Ramirez. And she warns him not to get smitten. Uh, then they both see Seven is uh, once again being super social. Everyone's into Seven. And Rafi is sort of glad that Seven is able to enjoy herself. She describes, uh, uh, you know, the Borg implants as being a heavy burden to bear. And she's glad to see Seven is able to travel light for a while. Uh, and then she has a hallucination of Elnor again and grows worried. Rina, meanwhile, Rene is back at the bar. She knocks back another drink. Picard's like, she always drinks like this. And, and Talon's like, eh. Uh, she looks at her phone and does the ear touchy thing. So Talon is concerned. She intercepts the communications on the phone, finds out that she's talking to her therapist, texting with them. And, uh, oh, there is a funny moment where Picard says she's looking at her phone all the time. And Talon says, we all, that's what we all do at this time, uh, which was cute. Uh, and, uh, Talon intercepts communications, curses in Romulan, nota bene, uh, and sees that Renee is planning to tell Musa that she simply cannot do the mission. She's 
she's like, I'm going to back out. I'm going to tell him I can't do it and just leave. And the therapist is encouraging her. And Picard says, that's it. It's time to intervene. Uh, Talon is reluctant. Picard is like, it's time to do this thing. You get, you got to learn to let go. You're the watcher. Uh, Maybe your code, but you've watched over 24 years. And now's the time for her to fulfill her destiny. Talon's like, okay, well, in order to do that, we sort of need to get Moose out of the way so that she can't talk to him and talk her way out of the mission. And Picard's like, all right, we'll get Jurati to go talk to Musa because they're like, you know, birds of a pair. However, Jurati does not respond to Hales. Jurati comes into the party once again after having been away for some time. Apparently she needed a little break and the queen asks if she feels better. She orders a champagne at the bar. She's drinking it. Rios approaches and he's like, hey, is your calm on? Picard is trying to call you. And she's like, oh, I must have turned it off or something. And he's he's like, hey, Jurati, I know you've been through a lot in the last couple hours. And, yeah, everything, the queen and... You know, it's a tough time for all of us. And Gerardi's like, oh, it's so cute. You're doing the thing you do with your eyebrows when you're worried about me. Uh, and Rios is like, yeah, I, I am worried about you. So seriously, are you okay? And then they stare at each other for a moment. And the queen like rolls her eyes and is like, Ugh, allow me. And takes over Gerardi's body briefly and, and has her passionately, most ardently kiss Rios upon the lips. Rios is shocked. And he's like, uh, that is not what I was talking about. And Gerardi's like, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, my bad. I'm just uh, <laughs> not myself at the moment. And then she sort of uh, walks away speedily. But so she's not in the game. Renee, meanwhile, has another drink, nods to herself, and walks determinedly away. Picard says, okay, we can't wait for Gerardi. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go talk to her right now. Talon's like, what are you going to say? He says, I don't know what I'm going to say, but something will come up to me. As he's trying to follow uh, Rene Picard, he runs into Adam Soong, who has a menacing conversation with him, mentions their mutual quote-unquote friend, Q. Picard tells him to stay away from Q and to stay out of his way. He has no idea what he's dealing with. And then Soong says, you have no idea who you're dealing with, my friend. Uh, Soong gets approached by another guest, and he's sick security. Security. And he's sick security. See? Uh, by accident, I can do it. He gets approached by another guest, and he's sick security. On six. Picard. Six. He's six. Six. Uh, security on Picard and the security guards begin to close on him very calmly, sort of like blocking off his thing. Picard is in trouble. The exits are blocked. Renee is about to leave the party, possibly for good. The queen turns to Gerardi and says, hey, uh, you want to help? Your friends need a distraction. She sets off some sort of weird pulse. It knocks out all the lights. Uh, Picard is able to skip away and contact Rios and they give him a badge, uh, like a weird security name pin. Then Gerardi emerges uh, from one of the high balconies somehow having run up the stairs and begins singing a cappella, a song that the internet tells me is called Shadows of the Night. And the, then the band picks up her tune and they start playing along and it's a big number. She walks down the stairs in a red dress. Oh, Jessica Rabbit in her way through the crowd, gets up on stage. There's, you know, the band's super into it. Big final hit, the number, and the crowd goes absolutely wild. They're super into it. There's bowing and stuff. And apparently that is precisely the endorphin kick that the queen needed in order to take over and, quote, steer the ship for a while. And so we see Gerardi's eyes go Borg. Borg uh, taken over black and then back to normal. And now we know the queen is in control of Agnes Gerati. Meanwhile, Picard catches up with Renee. He is able to get her to start talking. She's like, you're pretty old for a security guard. He's like, yeah, I'm old, but I got a lot of wisdom, huh? <laughs> anyway, tell me about the ship. Cause she's like kind of freaking out. She's crying. She's definitely in like a panic attack mode. And he's like, tell me about the ship. And she mentions some of the ships in the room. And then uh, he gets her talking about, uh, 
you know, how she feels. And she's like, well, I'm just so afraid. And I feel like fear is something you got to listen to. It might be an indicator that you're not ready. And Picard tells her, no, 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 no. Fear is fear. It's neutral. Everyone feels fear. Fear means that you're smart and you're intuitive and, and you know that there's something to be afraid of. And you're aware of that. There's nothing wrong about that. And then Renee's like, what about the dark times? Since I feel so dark, I feel so sad, like nothing matters. And Picard says, uh, oh, well, he does also say when he says he's the old security guard that she reminds him of his mother, who was also loved the stars and also struggled uh, internally. And Picard tells her that even under, that he's found that even under the darkest circumstances, there is always a glimmer of light to trust that light and to find a way back to it, no matter what it takes. Uh, and uh, some other things happen in the conversation. Anyway, he's super reassuring Grandpa Picard. It works out super well on his great, great, great grandmother, Renee, grand something, Renee Picard. And she's great aunt, wasn't it? Great aunt, yes, I think so. Uh, and then uh, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, by the way, I was sent by what's his touch to uh, get you to come do a photo for all the, the people that are going to be on the mission are you gonna be on the mission you know and she looks at him and she says i will be on the mission he's like well let's get you to that photo meanwhile sung is in his car he's upset he's trying to pump himself up he's like i made a deal with q to get this obstacle out of the way i gotta do what must be done i can't hesitate um meanwhile picard is walking with renee around the outside of the building because it's the quickest way to get through the crowd to get her back to the main stage that's when sung speeds towards them in his car and he's about to knock into renee but picard pushes renee out of the way and he takes the hit he gets hit hard and he falls on the floor and so he's bleeding which explains the the original scene that we saw and then rios and talon rush over because they were you know tracking things and and rios i noted is calling him admiral a bunch of times like pretty obviously and in front of renee picard uh, and Talon says, we need to get into a hospital. And Rio says, well, I know a doctor. Uh, the <laughs> They have Picard, uh, we see now in the condition that we saw him before. The hospital bed is a hospital bed in Dr. Teresa Ramirez. Uh, oh, boy. Dr. Teresa Ramirez's clinic. And uh, she's trying to, like, fuss over Picard, who's, like, going into cardiac arrest. She asks him if... He's had any transplants, and Seven says, "Oh yeah, he's 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 had some some transplants." And Ramirez is like, uh, uh, "How how many transplants has he had?" And Rafi says, uh, "All of them, because they know that he's got a you know a, a android body or whatever it's called." The doc uses the defibrillator, which is able to get Picard back into normal sinus, but it shorts out when it interacts with his super duper conductor body, and then the doc orders everyone to leave. Meanwhile, Sung returns back to his house to his daughter, Kore, and he's acting super duper weird and he's monologuing like a super villain, like the Sung we know and love. And he's like, I would do anything now that I know what I'm capable of. I can't believe it. I do all my life's work. I did everything. I poured my passion into you. But the why of it, the why, I must know the why. You were my why, and yet still I will fail you. Still you will die like all the rest. And meanwhile, Kore's like, Dad, what are you talking about? You're freaking me out. What's going on? Do you want to explain yourself? And he's like no i don't want to explain myself and he walks away and closes himself in his room back at the clinic picard is stable but non-responsive teresa is like i gotta go home teresa is like i gotta go home and tell my kid uh that i was gone again without any sort of explanation rafi's like can we go in and see picard uh teresa's like sure you can go see him now they all run in but teresa confronts rios and she's like hey I've used a defibrillator more times than I can count, and it's never reacted like that. And Rios is like, <laughs> well, maybe your uh, son he cranked it up or whatever. And she's like, oh, good. You're going to blame a child for something that is obviously much more important. And she's asking point blank, who are you? 
And he says, okay, you just have to trust me that we are the good guys. And she says, the good guys never have to say that. And then she walks off. A lot of people walking off in this episode. Corey, meanwhile, once her father has locked himself in his room like a sad sack, uh, evil sad sack, thinking evil, plottingly sad sack things, she goes into his lab, uh, looks up his research and uh, stuff about him. She learns um, that uh, his genetic work with Spearhead and his disgraced reputation for doing genetic work. She sees a bunch of pictures of her when she's young and videos of her when she's young, but she remembers nothing of them. She's wondering what's going on. And then she starts to break into his daily logs when he's talking about, I did this with subject, blah, blah, and all these people that are basically her, but versions of her that did not survive. Persephone, a Persephata, an Artemis, and a Despoina, I think are the only ones I got. They all died young. Uh, they all had stuff. And then we get to his final experiment, and he's sober, kind of crazy-eyed like he was tonight when he came home from the party. And he's like, this is the last one, and you know what? It's a relief. It's a relief to, to, to have the last one. Because now I know what I must do. I must do anything, anything and everything to make sure that she survives. And I will do anything to make sure she survives. Anything for Corey. <gasps> I did it there. I did the gasp. You did do the gasp. Good job. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to step in and help you. <laughs> it's very humid in here, so I think it worked out well. Uh, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, the crew is around Picard. Talon is using her like uh, scanner brain thingy to figure out what's going on. Picard. They see that his brain is hyper hyperactive. He's just not awake. Like all the neurons are firing like crazy, and uh, he's trapped in his own mind. She suggests, and she's like, "Well, you know, I have this technology that allows me to take over the other people's bodies and talk through them and look through them. I could use that in reverse to go inside his mind, take myself in, see into his subconscious." And to help him out. Oh, another trip into somebody's self-conscious. Sounds like a good idea. She's like, it's kind of like a jury-rigged mind meld. Rafi is like, uh, no, don't do that. Seems like a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. But Rios is like, hey, the only way we're going to get out of here, if this guy wakes up, he knows the most about Rene Picard. We got to get him awake. Seven agrees. Rafi relents, admitting that things are bad in this, quote, bullshit time period. But she wonders how they could get worse. And then we get our final scene of episode six. We see Gerardi from behind, wandering the streets of L.A. in her red dress. Or is it the Borg Queen? We hear many overlapping voices, 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 sound effects, sound effects, insert sound effects. And here endeth episode six of season two. <laughs> You're really going into the foley there. Episode <laughs> six of season two of Star Trek Picard. Let's, Picard. let's chat about that. Let's chat about it. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, 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 uh -huh. I Blue probably won't do it again because they'll, they'll start the dogs. They'll actually think oh, there's okay. a genuine owl in the room. Yeah, anyway. Sure. That's not good. Uh, okay. Well, crazy episodes, these. Uh, let's see. This is crazy. So, yeah, I, I texted you yesterday or whenever I, mm -hmm. whenever we, the day, the day we did the, anyway, the point is, yeah, bonkers. This whole thing with Girardi, we got to talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. So. <gasps> I told I, you it was going to get good with Girardi, didn't yes. I? Well, I'm so I suspected the episode's called Two of One. 
two of one. But but maybe, I mean, in theory, it could have been seven who became, you know, injected with the Borg queen. She was the the easy one, if if you like. Yeah, but seven is the most guard. She would never get that close to a Borg queen until seven's like would shoot her head off, right? Or even Lacutus, because he's the synth in the group. Yeah, Lacutus is probably the most acceptable, but I think he also has a too much. He was the one that told Gerardi not to live with her at all. They're both the people who have been Borgs are like, let's not even flirt. Yeah, with let's you. not fuck with Borgs. But they leave a a, a very uh, uh, sort of like emotionally jacked up Gerardi alone on the ship or in the chateau with this incredibly manipulative Borg queen. Billions and billions of lives she's taken over and all these plants, plots she's hashed and she's working on Gerardi and she gets her all close to her even though Gerardi shoots her in the neck and she's able to inject her with the nano tubules the nano tubules and uh I don't know I sort of uh I like I said to you <laughs> uh I think uh Gerardi becomes the new board queen I said it so question for you yes do you remember at the beginning of season two episode one Oh no, episode two. I think it was episode two. When the Borg Queen, the new Borg Queen, comes, you know, beams onto the ship mm-hmm. and she's faceless. Yes. Do you think that's Gerati? I sure do. Okay. I sure do. Well, I think it's like Gerati and I don't know if it's fully Gerati or it's like Gerati and the Borg Queen have become super mishmashed. You know what I mean? But like. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I do feel like there's some kind of bending back on itself. Things that I, I fully believe Gerardi's not going to get the queen out of her head and they're going to become fully enmeshed. And Gerardi's about to go on some sort of boy spree because I was wondering about the romance with Gerardi and Rios mm-hmm. because the way they talk about their romance during the break, if you like, between season one and season two, mm-hmm. it was a bit unresolved, but now Rios is. And I was wondering, because obviously Rios isn't going to stay in the past with Dr. Teresa. So I wondered if he's sort of having a bit of a dalliance. Or is he? I don't know. He seems to be very taken with the 21st century. He is. That's fair. They're really underscoring that he's like, I love it. It's so intense and cigars and matches and doctor who built the stuff from the ground up. And he's bonding with Pedro from that one time they were in ice together. I don't know. uh, Is there a possibility he stays back? Maybe. But do you not think it's a bit like time travel vacation like you go on vacation and you're like oh this is lovely i'm having a great time i could totally live here but then when you do it you don't you don't actually do that you everyone genuinely likes getting home i think that's what rafi is kind of cautioning him like you know don't get too swept away in your eat pray time travel love trip you know what i mean (laughs) and and be careful but there's like a whole thing the doctor i think it's sort of insinuated that the doctor is single i don't know that we actually live discussed whether or not she is but mm. between her and her card, it's happening owls and uh i don't know i'm i sort of feel like they're uh, keeping the doors open there's only three episodes left i think uh in the whole season uh uh what what i would hate to lose rios for season three but if they're bringing back i mean this is meta now if they're bringing back the whole cast and crew and the gang uh, is it possible they have to sort of like uh, leave some of these side characters to do other things? They're like, uh, we can't have 40 lead actors on this show. 
So maybe they're like, leave him in the past. Uh, Gerada becomes a Borg Queen. Rafi and Seven jump off into space, become Fenris Ranger smugglers for good. Elnor's dead. These are not the things I want to have happen. It could go in many, many directions. Yeah. And that is what our tinfoil time is for. Okay. It's not tinfoil. She's, she's infected by the Borg Queen. It's tinfoil. My theory that <laughs> that Allison that that uh, Allison that Doctor Gerardi uh, becomes a Borg Queen, jumps into a different dimension or universe, and she meets up with Lorca in the because it's the past, and mm -hmm. they take over the, the galaxy. Yeah, but it's not the past; it's the future. It's it's all the way before Lorca. Yes, before so before. Right. Yes. So she becomes right. a Borg Queen. She becomes essentially immortal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows about Lorca because his whole existence was, was wiped from the the records. The records. So it's a pipe dream. I just want Lorca to be back. It's fine. That's fine. That is tenfold. You and your obsession uh, with Lorca. Contest, Contest for cakes. cakes. He died. Did he died. He, he, he fell into a fell star underneath the ship. Well, that reminds me of something I got to do last episode. So, uh -huh. We might want to do a more quotable moment right after. We forgot to do Faith of the Heart for Elmore. We did. Uh, got it. haunted me the whole day. Romulus got attacked, or by the Sar blew up, and then Mars got attacked, and then Picard had to go, and he couldn't read Three Musketeers. So anyway, you came back, and you were a badass, super cool kid, but you spoke your emotions too much. But everyone loved you so, so much. You're the baby Yoda of Star Trek. But then you got shot in the chest by the magistrate. This really you had faith of the heart. Choose life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you shall we? Uh, shall we? Uh, let's go to quotable moments. This let's go to quotable. Quotable moments. <laughs> Even I am worried about myself sometimes. Okay, so uh, I have a couple. Go for it. I uh, seem to have lost my notes, so you crack on. I'll say the first one I wrote was uh, Sung when he first meets Q. And he says, do you have any idea how many crackpots contact? Hold on. Let me take that again. <laughs> he says, do you know how many crackpots contact me about my work? I get everything from basement dwelling Nazis to rich heiresses who want me to clone their fucking cats. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Very good. Um, Rafi at the end of episode six, fine, burrow into his psyche. I mean, what could go wrong? Right before they flash on Dr. Gerardi uh, assembling a power. Mm. Indeed. Uh, and I only have one more. Uh, it's Q. 
uh, when um, when Soong is like, you have me at a disadvantage, and if you have more of the stuff, I'll do whatever you need to do. Uh, uh, I'm your hostage, sir. And Q says, yeah. we're all hostages to what we love. The only way to be truly free is to love nothing. And how meaningless would that be? Interesting coming from Q. Very interesting. What's Q about? That, we should have mentioned this I know. Up, but I got obsessed with tinfoil. But what is Q's game here? I don't know. <sighs> if we knew that, there would be no more mystery. If we knew that, there'd be no more mystery. And I mean, how meaningless would that be? Indeed, indeed. Two seconds. And then we'll do next time. Next time. Get out. Get out! It's like bloody hokey cokey with these two dogs. In out, in out. In out, in out. All Get out. out. Get out of yeah. it. Good, oh, no. good job. Thank you. Well, I'm working on it. You know, every day. <laughs> uh, let's move on to next time. Let's... Next time on Set Phasers. Did the Borg Queen take over our episode? Um, uh, yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Set Phases. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. There's only a few episodes left of Star Trek Picard. The next time we will be covering episode 7 of season 2 entitled Monsters. I'm sure that's going to be fine, or it's mostly going to be a romp through Picard's head. A romp through Picard's head. Uh, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more episodes of Set Phases, you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. We put out new episodes usually every Monday, except when we're trying to catch up, uh, which we're trying to do right now. But we're basically there. So, yeah, Mondays. Find us, yo. Rate and review. Subscribe. Smash that button. Are there still buttons? No. Yeah, go to patreon.com for slash Set Phases. <laughs> where we do have a button you can choose which button you want to be uh, as you join us on our uh, continuing mission to be nerds together uh join us for watch parties uh zoom hangs book clubs this is a new thing and more patreon.com forward slash set phasers yes indeed uh and uh we're also on facebook and instagram as set phasers podcast please join us following the conversation of all things track meme game strong it's all stevie all i do is sit in my house and sweat Sweat? It's so hot in my apartment today. Oh, you? I thought you were like being me. I was oh, like, no. that's that was, yeah. rude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, until next time, I am Stevie Manns. And I am a hostage of that which I love. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. What?